Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon. I'm wishing you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever or wherever you are tuning into today's podcast from. The podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. Welcome along, everybody, to today's show, and welcome along to our guest. Uh, say a very big hello, and a first-time guest on the Event Industry Podcast, to Tim Schluter. Tim, thanks for joining us today. No, thanks for having me. Tim is the founder and CEO of Voxer. Um, more importantly, Tim is a journalist turned tech guy. Um, we've got a bit of a unique take, I suppose, today on the podcast. Um, we talk to a lot of tech companies and a lot of companies who have developed technology of some description that, that helps and supports the events industry. Um, as I mentioned, Tim is a journalist turned tech guy who, uh, I suppose, to, to, to quote the old phrase that um, necessity is the mother of invention is something that we're very much going to be looking at today. So, Tim, welcome along to the show. And I suppose, in a nutshell, are you able to sum up what Voxer is as a company? Or perhaps we should start with your own background, first of all, as a, as a journalist and somebody who was creating content. Yeah, which is very much connected, actually. Uh, well, yeah, again, uh, thanks for having me. I'm curious how, how this will go. Um, as a, uh, uh, the, the company came about, uh, like you said, so thanks for the introduction, because I needed it. Um, I'm uh, not only a journalist, but I came to facilitating events, professional events, events on high level for, for the big names, Fortune 500 uh, equivalent in, in Germany. So um, I facilitated these events and I wanted to be more interactive because I had learned to do that with 10 people. But how are you going to be interactive with 500 people? Mm -hmm. And so we try to solve that problem and, and really um, approach it in an iterative way where we first of all built something very simple, then tried it in an event, and then out of that more and more came. And then clients came back to us and say, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Um, but with anything that we do, I go on the stage first and see not only whether the technology works, because that's that's a given, that has to work. But the much bigger question I think today is not whether the technology works. The much bigger question today to me uh, is whether the concept works, whether the method works. Sure. To take a simple example, um, apps are great and, and super for many, many circumstances. Um, but of course, the trouble with apps is how do you bring people to actually download it? Now, I don't want to open that that topic because there's ways to do that. Mm. Um, but if you change the method and don't, when you don't need an app, don't even give them an app, but make it even simpler, then, then you haven't done that by technology, but by changing the method, which is why we're not an app. We're an online solution that with one link gives people the possibility to interact with the speaker on stage or the facilitator on stage and uh, do cool stuff. And, and, and you, you raise a very, very interesting point there when it comes to technology and technology that is deployed in events. Because as you say, companies can come with, with products and with, with platforms and say, this works, we've tested it and the technology works. And I'm sure that not many people would doubt that the technology works, that it's been tested, that the programming is sound and that there are no flaws or, or loopholes in the system. However, the critical part of it, as you said, is is 
how that then interacts with the actual live event itself. How do the people interact with the platform? How does the platform interact with the people? And how much of a benefit does it bring to the actual event itself? And if it doesn't, it doesn't matter how good the programming is, if it doesn't offer anything of value to the, to the actual uh, content side of things. Um, absolutely. And I think that's changed. I think five or six years ago, if, if you came up and said, you know, we've got you name it, an app, uh, a pad, uh, what have you, then that was cool in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Whereas today, um, I think um, that the value point comes back to it, which of course I, because of my history as, as a journalist, I'm very much content driven. Mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to have, and so three years ago, um, I wanted to do something that couldn't be done. And so uh, that, that was how Voxer came about. And the first thing that we did is we looked at Q&A. How can right. we do Q&A? And the reason for that is, again, I'm a journalist, so I'm into you know, the power of asking questions. I enjoy our conversation, you asking me questions. If you do that in an event, um, then we all know what happens if you do that with a microphone. You know, it's, most of the time, it's horrible. Most people that I talk to say, well, either nobody says something or that person that nobody wants to hear says something. So microphone is not a good solution. We've learned that over the decades, so that's done. So we've tried and used um, technology. And three years ago, when I looked around what's there on the market, I, I looked at the apps and the basic thing that they did was um, ask people questions, then they could put in questions and then they came up on the screen. Now, that anyone running an event, that's very simple, right? If it wasn't for an event. So of course, now you get people trying the system. So they put in questions that you wouldn't like to have in your events. And again, I was moderating like top level event. I wasn't you know, moderating the chitty chatty stuff, but the real crucial company meetings where the managers just couldn't afford for the wrong stuff to be shown. Mm -hmm. So how do you solve that? Well, um, and the, the second thing is that what we saw were systems that continually brought on questions, mm -hmm. which kind of is a good idea. And it came up, I think, in the, in the 2011s and 2012s with the Twitter walls and stuff. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I don't see many Twitter walls anymore around. Well, why? Because it doesn't work. People can't access Twitter and it's too distracting, I personally feel, from, from the, what's presented. We do in Voxer have a wall system as well where you can have this continuous thing, but we monitor it and we take out bad language, for example. Yeah. But the more important point to me is if you do ask questions continually, what you don't know is what is the number one question that 500 people in the room would like to talk about right now. Mm -hmm. sure. how, do you, how do you find that out? How do you find that out within 10 seconds? Like, what is the number one topic that I, with my panel of four guests or something, should be talking about to make 50 people in the room happy? Not one, but 50. How do I find that out? So we said, well, let's, let's have them put in their questions all at the same time. Okay. Within 20 seconds, everybody put in their question. And let's make that so simple and explain that to the facilitator so well that they actually do it because it is in an event, an event in an event. Like you say, okay, the next thing that we're gonna to do together is not watch a PowerPoint presentation, but is you take out your mobile phones and you put in the number one question that you now have for the next speaker, yeah. for, the, for the last speaker, for the panel that you see here. What is your number one question that's on your mind right now? They all put in their questions. Now you have created a different problem for yourselves because that works so well that we actually get above 50% of the people putting in their question. 
you have a 500 audience, you have 250 questions. Okay. So now if you I'm need to figure out which one is, which question. How do you, you know, what, what do you now talk about, right? So now you have systems that do moderation and up liking and download, down liking. You can't do that with 250 questions. Just not fast, at least. And if you can't do it fast, then people think you're censoring, which you actually do. Mm. Um, and that in a, in a company context, to me, didn't work. It's all very well in a public conference thing. That's fine. But in a crucial company setting, that doesn't work. You need something that gives the people the trust that their 250 questions actually came through. At the same time, you must not see the four questions that are actually evil. Yeah. You do that. Well, you put in something um, in, in between. And for those who are looking at, uh, at us on, on video, um, I think I can actually show that. So it's actually a, a three-part process, uh, um, if you're seeing that. People yes. put something in with their mobile phones. And then we put a safety buffer in between. And the safety buffer is an, uh, uh, an intelligent system that looks at the 250 questions and looks and finds out what are the topics that are most talked about here. So mm. not the questions, because 250 questions you wouldn't be able to see. And also you don't want the mean questions on the screen publicly. So we only show the topics. And we only show those topics that are not bad language. Mm -hmm. So that what we show there is on the one hand very real and is, is actually what people have put in topic-wise, but on the other hand, um, it's not dangerous. And you don't have to censor. So to bring all these things together, we have, we have the buffer in between. And then the moderator comes along um, and chooses out of the topics, the topic that they want to talk about. And what they can then actually do is they can, they can choose what um, uh, they can go into that topic. Systems, for example, for those who saw the example, systems was the biggest word in the word cloud. They can go to systems, select a question out of systems, and then talk about that specific question. So then it's very focused. And the moderator has chosen it, but the public has also seen why he has chosen that, that question, that it wasn't random, but it was out of the biggest topic. Obvious that we talk about the topic that is named by most people as interesting. And, and we should point out, for those of you who are, who are listening to the audio version of today's podcast, it is well worth your time to hop over to eventindustrynews.com, go to the podcast section of the Event Industry News website and watch the video version of today's podcast because um, Tim is quite clearly a very experienced user of the Zoom platform that we use to, to, to record the podcast with and, uh, and has been sharing some really, really useful and interesting screens um, on the video version of today's podcast. So if you're listening on the audio, hop over to Event Industry News com have a look at the video and you'll be uh, you'll be up to speed in no time at all with the stuff that tim is showing us on uh, on today's podcast so so we've created this scenario tim now where as you said you can ask questions on mass uh, a large audience of people can submit their questions the system can, can quickly moderate them it can quickly pull out the topics that the hot topics that the, the question that really needs to ask and boom within a few seconds the moderator can can put that towards it and then it can be filtered back out to the audience so they can see that everything is genuine it's transparent that the questions are not fixed in any way so having done that i i, I know that i don't know if i'm moving things on too quickly here but having looked at your website before today's podcast i know that there's also an element of the voxer system that allows um voting as well and, and i guess that 
all of the system ties in with one another in, in one way, shape or form. So having maybe offered questions uh, and, and put questions to a panel of people, there's then a voting uh, facility that can come on board. Exactly. So just if, if we come back to the example where we've created this word cloud and we see that in this example, industry 4.0 is the biggest uh, topic, uh, then what you can do is you have a list of the most mentioned topics. Mm -hmm. This is for either the moderator or it could be the, the person in first row. Okay. And the moderator could say, okay, if, and the moderator sees this, industry 4.0 is the most talked about topic here. Um, can we not uh, have a question as to Industry 4.0? And by the way, also, we, we recognize that I 4.0 is uh, also Industry 4.0. So then you just click on an I, and now you're making that visible to the audience, and you actually choose beyond the topics what you want to have. And this is how you can lead a complete panel discussion without having one question of your own because you get so many questions because you do them en masse, like you say, perfect expression, en masse, um, that, that you have enough questions to lead a complete panel discussion led by the interests of the audience rather than by the interests of us event people. Well, something that I've mentioned on the podcast before goes back to the very word conference. And a conference should be many people talking together. One person asking questions is not a conference. As yeah, but we've all been guilty of it, including me, you know, all the time. We've, we've been doing that for years and decades almost. But yeah, we think it's time to change. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and this, but by, by actually putting forward questions that have been asked by people sat there in the audience, at that point, it becomes a genuine conference because everybody is having the ability to put forward their question and their thoughts. Exactly. And that's, that's what I felt as a moderator to do. And coming back to the point, and then here, like you just, with just a simple link, you can show that to the audience, you know, not show it, show it to the audience. You can also lock the mobile phones. Uh, you can put them on so that you get the action. If you put it off, then you get the, uh, the attention back to the, to the uh, stage, which is always important. And then, like you say, if you then say, okay, uh, let's have a voting as well, then I think uh, we're called fast vote for a reason, because now you can vote. I did three clicks. Now I can tell you, I can say to you, you know, Manchester or Liverpool. And you put it in either Manchester or Liverpool and um, immediately um, uh, that, that comes up. So if, uh, if we allow the people uh, for uh, giving input, we just switch it on. And so on their mobile phones, they put in Liverpool and without me having prepared that or anything, um, immediately I can have um, a, um, a voting that's on, on Manchester and Liverpool, and I can see what the outcome is um, in, a, in a preview immediately. So this is how fast this goes. Excellent. And, and so, you, so bringing this in. Now, ultimately, this all relies on, on connection, doesn't it? It, it relies on, on the, the, there being a connection in, in, in the event space, which um, differs greatly. Uh, I mean, how, how affected is the system in, in the scenario where you have a thousand people in an event space and the network is really struggling or the cellular connection is, is, is not as good as it should be? That has been something that we have uh, uh, looked into, um, and, and I'll just come back to you, uh, that, that we have looked into from the beginning. Because again, th this is not about our technology. Uh, this is about having a better event. And if our technology is super cool, nobody can access it. No help for anyone. <laughs> um, 
So this is why we did two things. One is we really have lean programming. So for the, for the tech guys, we don't even use a framework. We really program so raw that we are so small that we, that we get through the worst circumstances possible. So you could actually Voxel with Edge for those who still know Edge, right? UMTS, no problem. So you wouldn't even need Wi-Fi and you could still Voxer. Right. Uh, in many cases, by the way, and the tech guys know that, uh, nowadays, uh, 4G, uh, uh, 3G or 4G is actually better than Wi-Fi in many circumstances. It yes. depends. Yes. But we also support our clients with this. We have a clear process by which you can very easily check what the mobile situation is at your location. Once you know that, mm. we give them a clear PDF and say, look, this is what we recommend to, to get as a Wi-Fi, just send that off to your location or to your tech guy and so that, that the clients are safe. But absolutely, and that's something that, that we accompany our clients with if they want to. Of course, you can use this 100% by yourself, but if they, they want our support, then they can get it. And of course, the reality of most events now, whether they're indoors, outdoors, business, music, conference, trade show, is that we rely so much on a good connection that there are very, very few major organizations and event organizers now who don't place a very high priority on making sure that there's a good connection for their audiences. So there are, I, I, personally, I see that there are very few scenarios now where you're not going to be able to deploy a system like this effectively with a good connection. Um, it's, it's true, but at the same time, I do think there's, that there's a lot of rumors and myths around about Wi-Fi and, and 4G and stuff. For example, most people think that Wi-Fi is always better than 4G. And, and we really have made the experience that often it is not. Mm. Um, one example, Wi-Fi, like most of the smartphones have their setting to update when? Well, when they're on Wi-Fi. Which means that with Wi-Fi, all of a sudden you get a thousand uh, smartphones wanting to update. <laughs> Whereas if you had relied on 4G, what most people don't think about, uh, you would have been a lot safer. So yeah. th th it's the little things that I think are not as deep in the event market yet as, as they will be, I'm sure, in two years' time. Sure. Well, we've, we've looked so far really at, um, at the, uh, the, the, the voting system, the cloud, the, the Q&A element of it. Um, but uh, if people go to the, the Voxer website, which is voxr.org, voxer.org, um, you'll see that, that, that there are three sort of fundamental things listed on there. Um, one of which is the ability to, to, to demo and create your own event app in less than six minutes, which is what it says on your, on your website, Tim. Now, Oh, we, we could put, we could you're giving put me six minutes. I'm, yeah, I'm guessing the test, but we're not going to. <laughs> I, I suppose what I'd like to get to is, is, is this ability and this, this myth around event apps, event apps, if you could call it that. People have long claimed that they have to have an event app now. You know, event tech companies have sold apps into the marketplace saying this is an essential thing that you must have now. You must have an app for your event. Otherwise, you're, you're behind the times. You're not keeping up with the modern trend. Now, as, as I look at it, this may sound very, very brutal, but people are very, very lazy as well nowadays because they have such instant access. Well, I am for one. <laughs> <laughs> they have such instant access to things that the, the idea of going into the app store, of finding the app, searching for the app, finding the app, downloading the app, logging into the app, setting up the app with some personal details. This is why a lot of event apps maybe don't have the uptake that they want because no matter how easy they think they've made it, people a lot of the time just can't be bothered to do it. So, 
And it's, and it's, not, it's not the fault of the app maker. It's, it's again, we're coming back to the method, methodology. Mm. Um, like with the Q&A, we, we, we felt, well, the, the systems that are out there, they're cool. If you use the methodology of continuous Q&A, yeah. but it doesn't give you the possibility to look at what do 500 people in the room want right now in 10 seconds. So we, cho- we, we, we changed the methodology of doing things. And the, the same thing we did with app. Apps are cool. Um, like you don't have to, to dish out the, the paper agenda anymore. You can give people, you know, instructions on the evening event, you know, uh, always the question, you know, what's the dress code on the evening event? Always every event manager around the globe goes wild because they get, quest- they get asked that question a lot of the time. So what if you had that on the mobile phones of the people? Wouldn't that be cool? And of course it would. Question is, will people be prepared to download the stuff for that? Now, we have seen cases where they are. One is in business circumstances. They do download the app because they have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and second, in sort of set up um, conferences every year, every year the same app, they've meanwhile learned it and you land at like 60, 70% uptake, which is enormous. Normal uptake from what we hear is 15, 20%. Mm-hmm. So, since we know that with Voxer, we also have videos that set up the facilitator to bring people really well with that one link into the Voxer, we thought, well, if we have the Voxer anyway, um, why don't we make it really simple to change from an interaction to an event app, as it were? And I can say event app here because we're amongst professionals, uh, amongst our, li- uh, our listeners, I assume. So, so if I bring us back into the tool, uh, then we thought, well, we have, uh, we switch between action on and action locked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't we, when we have action locked on the mobile phones, this is, this is not used space. That's horrible. Why don't we give them an app? And so if you switch on the app function in Voxer, boom, you have the, to my knowledge, easiest way to create an app. So I have a program, I have a map, I have sponsors. Um, and if we look at, and if we, now we have here a compass function. So now we switch between interaction. So on our mobile phones, we have interaction. If I switch it over, then I have my event app. Now, of course, this is now on desktop. So on mobile, this looks a little bit nicer. And we have, uh, we have your mobile event app here. Mm-hmm. And on the control panel, you can always switch back to giving them the interaction part of the thing. Sure. Does that sound reasonable? It, it, it does. And I'm curious to know, I suppose, but with, you, you have three distinct elements to your system. Yes. Uh, the, the app, the voting systems, and the Q&A. But they all seem to, to work and dovetail very, very well together. And they've they're clearly been designed, as you say, to work together. Do all of your clients utilize all three elements all of the time? Or do you have clients that, that use one element of it, but not the others? How, how does it tend to work in your experience? We've grown. We've started with this, like you say, uh, um, invention is, is uh, necessity is the mother of invention. We started mm-hmm. with the Q&A because there wasn't anything like it. Then clients came and said, well, we do actually want to do some voting here and there as well. Can you make that? So we put that to it. Um, and then clients said, well, we also, can you not work within an event app? And so we said, well, yes, we can. So here you have it. So uh, we started to work within an event app. Mm-hmm. But again, we, we heard from some clients that the uptake on an event app was not so much, which brought down the usage of Voxer. Normally, we have 80 to 90%. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, we have 50 to 20. Why? Well, because we were used within an app. 
So we thought, mm, no, uh, let's turn that around and, and, and have the app within the Voxer. And, and, and the, the event manager comes back to 80 to 90 percent um, people actually engaged. Um, and, and so we've, we've grown in that, and, but it's modular. You can have either. You could even say, you know, for this event, we don't want to be, uh, we don't want to be engaging with our audience for whatever reason. Uh, and you just have the quote unquote app. That's not an app uh, that we've called Voxer Compass because it gives orientation with the agenda, with floor plans, with all of that. Uh, we've called it Voxer Compass and you can have that um, standalone. Each of the three you can have standalone. Each of the three you can connect with other things. So with the control panel that, that I showed you a minute ago, yeah. you can also integrate any, any other online thing. So if somebody has something that lets sheep run across the stage on the screen <laughs> and it's online, then no problem with three clicks, you'll have that run through our control panel so that in one instance, you can show a Q&A, then you can show a vote, then you can show the sheep if you like. <laughs> um, so you can integrate that way or you can integrate the Voxer Q&A and voting into another system. Okay. Both systems have Q&A, of course, but if you think that our idea of a different method, if that is something is, that appeals to you, um, then, then you could say, okay, I'll have the rest of my app that I already have. Sure. This Q&A idea I like, I'll have that within my app. So we integrate so, either way. So, so, so this gives you the flexibility, because going back to what you were saying, that it, it, when, you were first, uh, when you first brought the, 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 the service out, uh, presumably just using APIs, you were able to integrate it into other people's event apps and mobile apps, which is something you can still do, despite the fact that some of them, the uptake wasn't fantastic, and you decided, well, actually, there must be a better way of doing it for us personally. You've retained the ability to put it into another app if you have a client that actually has high uptake. Absolutely. Uh, or that have an app that does stuff that we don't do, you know, um, because one of the things uh, that we don't do is we don't personalize. And that's something that some people find horrible. They say, well, we need to do our registration and all of that. Um, and we say, well, we're completely 100% anonymous. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't work well with one another, uh, which is why when we do registration, we do it with a partner that we bring in and integrate so that we can keep the Voxer uh, interaction anonymous and have the registration um, with personalization, of course, because you need it. Yeah. Now, were well, you going to ask me why that is important? Well, I, I, know, I, I, I was going to say that, that that's actually something that, 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 that it's potentially very attractive to people because we're asked so much nowadays for our personal information and for information. It's surprising how many people do want to go along to a, an event or a conference or a trade show and actually just remain anonymous. Just, just find out the bits of information that are relevant to them. And, and it goes right back to what you said at the very beginning about the microphone. You know, people will sit there and they will have a burning question that's been running through their mind for 20 minutes during a session. But when the microphone gets, comes, gets offered around, they won't put their hand up because they just don't want to speak down a microphone because that's not their personality. That's not the type of person that they are. So, so you're actually creating a barrier to that person asking what could be the best question of the entire event. And, and, and there's disadvantage to that because many event managers want that data off of everyone. And I can perfectly relate to that. But we come from, again, the, the top level company um, 
market. This, th those are the events that we did and are still doing. In that environment, the person not only doesn't answer the question because it's not their personality, but they don't answer the question because uh, it's their boss watching them and it could ruin their career if their name was tagged to it. So like, we need to make it 100% anonymous to get a quality question. Uh, that, is, that is the reason. And the second reason is for big companies, but also in general, we have something called GDPR. Of course. If you're not anonymous, you're in the GDPR business. Then you have to, to ask people for their consent or you have to argue why you're collecting the data anyway and all the rest of it. If you are anonymous, which we are, we don't even, we don't even put the IP address into the boxer. Right. Not even that, which means we're 100% anonymous and that means um, GDPR is not even a topic for us. So the event manager doesn't even have to explain or ask for consent or anything because it's 100% anonymous. So you solve the problem by avoiding it completely in the first place. Yeah, actually, it, it does bring the disadvantage that you don't get the data. So everything comes at a cost. And if you want that, then it's not us. Um, but we wanted to give the alternative. Um, and, and apparently, uh, there are people out there that, that value that, that say, yes, that is what we want. We want the anonymous question. When we started out three years ago, we thought, oh, God, what questions might, might come up if we have this anonymous uh, oh, oh gosh, and we were afraid. I was on stage, right? I was the facilitator. What we found over three years in loads of different industries and circumstances, people, there's always the three, four people that ask that mean question. This is what our algorithm takes care of. But the anonym, uh, anonymity, whatever the English word is, yeah, um, yeah. takes care of the fact that quality questions come in. And we've, we found that time and time again, and that's why we'll keep it. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose it raises a question, data or content, because a lot of event organizers are driven by their data and we need data, we need, we need data. And, and perhaps there's an argument that by being so driven by capturing data and getting data and analyzing data, they've taken their eye off what should really count in any sort of event, which is the content. How good is the content? What have people got out of the content? What have your audience walked away with? What have they learned by being at that event for a day or two days or three days? And if you're so driven by getting people's data, are you actually stopping them from learning as much, from gaining as much from the event? Are you actually not delivering the content that will give them that experience? And I think that that's a question for another day is, is, is there a decision that people have subconsciously made, which is data or content? Uh, possibly. And, and we're not the ones to judge that. But what we do know is that they don't go well uh, at the same time. And that's why we say there needs to be a tool taking care of the, the anonymous engagement. Mm -hmm. And then there needs to be other tools to do the things where you need the personalization. And if you keep those tools apart, but integrate them well, then you can have best of both worlds. Absolutely. Um, we're getting towards the end of time on today's podcast, but um, we, should, uh, we should mention once again that uh, we've been talking to, to Tim Schluter. Tim is the founder and CEO of Voxer. And if anybody wants to find out more about what we've been discussing today with Tim on today's podcast, go to voxer.org. That's V-O-X-R.org. And you'll find out all about Tim's company, uh, how it's created, but more importantly, about the three key elements that he's been describing on today's, uh, on today's podcast, which is, is the voting systems, the Q&A systems, and the, the app side of things, which is an app that's not an app, but is an app. 
And if I can just mention that um, I'm making a gut decision right now, which is offering the people of your podcast, um, I don't know when this goes out, uh, if they put in until the 10th or 12th of August, the action code EIN for okay. some reason, EIN, um, and um, then we will give away the, a complete event app uh, for free for the listeners to this podcast only. So Excellent. the Compass part of Voxel will just give it away um, for free if they put in the action code EIN. There we go, podcast and that's until the uh, 10th of August, 2018. If hey, you're doing this, 2023, it's gone. <laughs> and, and event organizers are always, always complaining about budgets and budgets and budgets and budgets being cut and not enough money to do this. And there you go. There's your opportunity to trial this um, courtesy of the guys over at Voxer and courtesy and of... You use it, not just try. You try, you can everything for free for 14 days, but you can actually yeah. use it for free as well. And we should thank as well, um, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, there will be people who are listening to the audio only version of this podcast. And I will just reiterate, if you've got the time, go over to eventindustrynews.com, go to the podcasts tab and watch the video of today's podcast because Tim, uh, first of all, has got a great setup. It's not often that we get somebody with their own proper studio set up and lapel mic, which is the first thing. But I guess that comes from the fact that, uh, that Tim is a broadcast journalist. But um, we've had some great screenshots and, and examples of, of what Tim's been talking about during the podcast today actually shared on screen. So you'll be able to actually see visually how that looks and how you can interact with it so we must thank tim for, for taking the time and putting the effort into to putting that content together for today's podcast so thank you very much tim um if you'd like to look and uh, find about our own content at event industry news head over to eventindustrynews.com and if you're a social media user head over to your chosen or preferred social media platform search for event industry news or at event news blog and I'm sure you'll be able to find us and stay updated that way. Um, the podcast itself is brought to you by our own sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Our thanks again to Tim. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Been a pleasure. Been wonderful speaking to you. And uh, my name is James Dixon. We will see you on the next episode of the podcast. Thanks very much for tuning in, guys. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>